97 South's Storytellers features conversations with professional songwriters and seeks to pull back the curtain on the art, craft, and career of songwriting. We'll bring you to those magical moments of creativity that have delivered the inspiring songs that make up the soundtrack of our lives. Hi, I'm Paul McGuire, and today I'm talking to the one and only Sass Jordan. Born in Birmingham, England, or Birmingham, Sass Jordan traveled the world with her family, which included a sojourn in India, before settling in Montreal in the late 60s. Billboard magazine once dubbed her Album Rock's top female artist. She is Canada's queen of rock and a renaissance woman, whose career is filled with impressive highs, including her duet with Joe Cocker on the Bodyguard soundtrack, one of the biggest-selling soundtrack albums of all time. A songwriter, a Juno award-winning platinum-selling recording artist and live performer, she has also worked as an actor, taking on the lead role of Janis Joplin in the off-Broadway hit musical Love, Janis. She became a national TV personality as one of the judges on the ratings blockbuster Canadian Idol. In 2003, she shared the stage with the Rolling Stones, ACDC, and others as part of the history-making SARS Relief Concert in Toronto. As an entrepreneur, Sass has launched her own kick-ass Sass wine brand, and she continues to write and release new music. I have a feeling your voice has always been heard. When you were a kid, there was classical music in the house. Uh-huh. And then you discovered rock and roll. I want to I start, uh-huh. start there if we can. Were your parents, like, listening to you? Mm, well, so they were such different people. I don't even think of them as a couple. And they didn't last that long oh, after, you know. Uh, yeah, so... So yeah, was my voice heard? I, I was such a comp- it was such a completely different world. It, you know, they were British. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and your dad, he did. He was a a French professor. Yeah. Yeah. And your mother is a dancer, an actor, actor, dancer, yeah. performer. Yeah. Okay. So the best friend when she was a kid was Audrey Hepburn. Not a kid. Excuse me. When she was like in her early 20s. Your mother's best friend yeah, was, was Audrey, Audrey Hepburn? Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn was not famous at the time. They were both dancers together. Ballet dancers. Not Paul. Wow. <laughs> so, so you grew up in an eclectic household. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was Books, little weird. classical music, Correct. academia. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom, who gave up all her artsy, fartsy stuff to have children. Because yeah. that's what you did in those days, apparently. Yeah. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah. have. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I well, in those days, time. if you, was it nurse or... Housewife. Know, housewife. Yeah, Mom, but she was a dancer, so she gave up her dancing career. Well, she had already stopped that. She had, and okay. And she had become an actress. Yeah. So she was on stage, and, and there was this really famous area in London, I'm telling you. like The West End? It, I, it's called Drury Lane. Drury Lane, okay. Yeah, yep. and that's, so she was doing plays on Drury Lane, stuff yep. like that, and, and musicals and stuff like that. Okay, so were they aware of their, you know, the fact that, they had a child to no. um no no i was like a super quiet child as far as i know i yeah. don't really i know I you don't remember really but remember. as far as yeah. yeah a super quiet i lived in my own world of like you know stories and ideas and i used to take the other kids and i was like the leader always getting us into trouble yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but quietly you know quietly quiet getting one. people into trouble yeah sleek it as they say in Scotland, sleek in it. Glasgow, yeah. sleek it, yeah. which is kind of like 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So sleek it and also uh, really into books. I loved books. I loved to read. That's really what I did and played outside. Well, that sounds like the, the dawn of a storyteller to me. I guess so. Yeah. yeah it does make sense. Right? Mm-hmm. So when did you decide, I mean, artistic parents, whether you like it or not, that's going to rub off, right? Yeah. I would say I would assume. Yeah. When did you notice it was kind of rubbing off? Some people rebel against that stuff, right? Me I'm going to go be a mathematician. I'm going to go be an architect. I'm going to go join that the That would have be, been so cool. I'm be on a you know, go become a, a fisherman or whatever. But you decided, when did you realize that you had some artistic um, leaning? Hmm. How young were you when you realized that I kind of like... It was when I was living in India. I was eight years old and living in India, because it was all my idea. And um, we were in a place called Pondicherry, which is, if you've ever seen the book, I forgot the name of it. It was a huge film, too, with a tiger, and they're in a boat in India. and my, that uh, uh, Life of Pi. Thank you, Life Thank of Pi. Thank you. Yeah. So the great thing about Life of Pi, the thing that's so insanely bizarre, is that it is set... The protagonist, I guess, is it, leaves from Montreal and ends up in Pondicherry, India. Exactly what we did. Right. My f- family. Anyways, and the first time I think I realized, okay, I definitely need people to w- look at me, clearly, because <laughs> yeah. only a show-off would do this, was at school. And it was like a Catholic convent with Indian nuns from India. Yep. Uh, and they were the teachers, and I was like the only non-Indian kid. Easy to hide, easy not to really attract attention. Really easy to hide. Yep. <laughs> and we all have these outfits on, these like blue school outfits. And it was some kind of, I don't even know what it was, something, some celebration or something at the school. And everybody had to sing or something, oh God, I, this is such a vague memory. I'm not explaining it very no, well. No, that's but okay. You were very I just young. remember like starting to sing and dance like in front of everybody. Like, whoo, I don't know where that, well, now I know where that came from. Yeah. But I had been very, very shy, and it was just weird. It just came out of me like that. So, You know, so many artists I've talked to over the years that the idea of an insecurity or a shyness or an insularness or whatever. Uh, an introvert. An introvert yeah. as opposed to an extrovert. Yeah. The discovery of an art as an outlet is just so incredible how that it's almost like like the dam comes down. Yeah. Whoosh, I and then that happens. And then you realize there's a strength and a power in that. So there must have been a moment where you realized that there was some sort of a strength and a power. The fact that you had the talent to back it up, obviously there, a voice, a charisma, a confidence, whatever that might <laughs> yeah, have been. Yeah, you don't think of any of those things. I know you, you know don't think I mean? about they them just, in the moment. They just Yeah, because the thing is that I just knew, it was actually when I was not, when we came back to Canada and my brother and I discovered that you could change the, the channel on the radio and yeah. all of a sudden something different was coming out and it wasn't classical. The very first song was The Band, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. It's the first time I heard anything. Pretty good track, yeah. Oh, like insane. It was Ridiculous. the first time I heard drums. Like, so, oh my god! I, I, I'm lying. I mean, I mean, drums in a in a you yeah. know a song like yeah. that instead of like in India. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's so good. Indian, it sounded like that. That sounded really good. Holy hell! <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the idea of um, having a a base of classical music mm-hmm. in academia. 
and then discovering rock and roll. Yeah. What a what a what a sea change. What a, <laughs> it like, was too. You yeah, know? know it it, what what it, joy joyous? Uh, complete. I was just like, this is it. I know this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. My mom says I ran. She was coming home from the. the from when did the, that song come course, out? Like the 1960. Well, I was. I don't know. I was nine. Seventy. So yeah, I would have like been. A, um, it would have been. It would have been uh, 1970. One yeah, or something. I, I know. Guess. We'll get our fact checkers to to check. I on have that one, no. But... I, this is a very long time ago. No, kids. I know. But you heard that. So somebody that's raised on classical music, and that's what you understand that comes out of speakers. It was insane. And this is this is the structure of things. Yeah. Classical music, which is, is wonderful stru- and amazing, is, and a huge it, and it's enormous. But yeah. And then all of a sudden, this the dam is open and anything goes. And I can hear his voice. I can hear Levon's voice. Yeah. And the story, he's telling this incredible story, you know. Oh, it still gives me chills. Yeah. Unbelievable. Did that mean possibility to you? Were you like, oh, you can do that with yeah. this? Yeah. Although I, I never thought about it like that. Obviously, it was you're just, not thinking about just, a career at that moment. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. I, that's what I'm going to, I'm doing that. That's what yeah. I'm doing. And everything else just receded into the background because that was my focus. That's yeah. it. I'm doing that, period, and it never stopped until now. Did your parents notice that you had that there had been some sort of know. a thing? You don't know. You're not sure. I don't know. I left that like I left the house when I was 14. I know, insane, right? Yeah. I would never do that now. Well, <laughs> if I had a kid, I do have a kid. boy. <laughs> if my child had said to me, "Wanted to, I'm out of here, here mom," leave me, I'd be like, "And yeah. no, you're not." Do as I you say, know? not as I did. Right? Yeah. But it didn't even occur to me. It was like, it was the same with school. I stopped going to school because I knew that I was not going to learn what I wanted to learn going to school. So was the discovery of quote unquote rock and roll um, up like a baptism, like a uh, kind of well, thing? Well, I suppose you could call it that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I never thought of it in these terms, you know, I yeah. just, I, it was just, this is what I'm doing and that's it. Everything but look, else, looking back, is, looking back, that was the moment. That was the moment that yeah, something changed definitely. drastically. Oh, 100% it was that moment. Yeah. I because things it. were being done differently. Because people were taking liberties with structure. Well, I didn't even see it like that. Yeah. It was, well, actually, it is a structure. It's a very specific structure, isn't it? I mean, like pop music, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you know, yeah. bridge. Uh, so it's definitely structured, but it, it's a structure that I had no background. I'd never heard it before because music was not ubiquitous. Every pop music was not ubiquitous everywhere you went like it yeah. is in this day and age. And it has been for the past 40 years. You know, when you would go into a shop, there was nothing playing. They discovered that later. A great way to sell shit. Yeah. When did you realize that you had an instrument? When did you realize that you naturally had an ability? I never realized it. It it wasn't a question of realizing anything. It was just that. This is what I got. I got to use this. Figure it out. The the, the fact that when I use it, people react in a certain way, that didn't trigger anything? Well, so when I first started singing in bands when I was 14... Sweet Thunder, don't laugh. No. <laughs> no, what do you mean? Sweet Thunder's great. <laughs> it's hilarious. No, it's it sounds like somebody with a bad case of cat. 
anyway, we were young. What did we know? I like Sweet Thunder. I, think it's- I love that about you. Anyway, so that was the first band. And... Uh, Is it you, I didn't look if you sing. thought if you thought the coolest name ever in the world <laughs> happened when you were 14 years old, we'd be having a different conversation, right? The fact that you can giggle about a name Sweet Thunder that happened, that's amazing. I still Come giggle on. I giggle about Band my names. Name. What do I mean? You giggle about your name? Ass with an S on the front? Come on. Or when you arrive at a gig in the middle of nowhere and there's a sign and it says They've run out of S's. So it says five ass Jordan and musician. <laughs> and not musician and magician. Five ass Jordan with magician. Oh my God. Did you open for the musician or was it the other way around? The magician. That's- no, no. The magician opened for me. God thank, damn right. Thank God. God damn right. God damn right. But he didn't make me disappear. <laughs> Five ass, that's right. Five ass here for your entertainment. So, so you you have you know you have a superpower though, right? Like you know your voice is a superpower. No. Well, you okay? Newsflash, you do. Well, I always think that. I know you didn't. And I didn't have it. It sucked. You should hear the stuff from when I before. You didn't have this then. No, it's the most bizarre thing you've ever heard. Okay. It sounds. It's like flat and it has no person. When I say flat, I don't mean. Uh, 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 tonally flat. I just mean a f- no emotion. It sounds like this sort of flat. It's the most bizarre. Th- I can't believe it when I hear it. I've heard it uh, like on cassette or something, and it just sounds so weird. I don't know when it came into really having you a voice. Don't know when the no, shift I don't was. Know. No. When the turning point was, when it developed into what we know it to I'm be thinking, now? I'm thinking around 18, 19, 20, uh, in the pinups. Actually, no, that's when it's dead. Flat. No, 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 no vibe. I must have had a vibe because people responded to the pinups. Of course. But, I, but I'm telling you, the sound of the voice is just amazingly I think I Dead. think you're being harshly no, re- was, harsh on I, yourself. I, this you is revisionist it, history. Shocked. If you heard it, you'd be shocked. Really? I was shocked. I was like, what is that? Really? Okay. <sighs> or you could just be, you know, our voices change as we age. I mean Mine gets better. I by like the way, fine one. Not that long ago, I interviewed Ann Murray. Um, this is maybe well, ten years ago, whatever. And she said her <laughs> voice had never been better. No, I agree. I totally know what she means. Mind you, I'm, it, it it all depends on what you like in a voice. I like the sound of uh, wisdom, a Just life lived. Use that word. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But then again, I am an old, older. I'm one of the elders. So yeah. <laughs> So I like that. Um, I, and, but I do like that youthful madness and urgency. But you, you still have that in you. You know you can belt it out. Yeah, but it's got, it, there's a gravitas to it now yeah, that it wasn't right. before. Or, or a sense of humor. Yeah. More of a sense of humor, which to me is wisdom. Yeah, to be or, able to laugh Or a at sense yourself. of something earned, and you're now allowed to sing this way and allowed to yell that way. Something that you've earned. Uh, I always thought I could yell. I didn't, that never bothered me. Uh, I, I could always yell. The thing is, is being able to laugh at yourself. That's what <coughs> age brings, I think. Yeah. An ability to just not take it all so goddamn seriously because no one's getting out alive. You know what I'm saying? Mm, 
I do know what you're saying. Yeah. All right, so let's go. Let's rewind a little bit okay. and just come come to the um, the realization that you you've discovered rock and roll. You've discovered. Oh my God! I want to. <laughs> Freaking discovered rock and roll. Nobody ever heard of it before. You experienced it for the <laughs> I first know time. I know you know what I mean. I love that. And 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 now you realize I want to be a part of whatever's going on there. And you understand that structure can be broken. Mm-hmm. We can go left or we can go right. We can mm. go flat. We can go sharp. We can go wherever we want to go. We can rock people. We can do that. And I'm going to be a part of that. Um but there are stories to be told. I, I remember my parents listened to a lot of classical music when I was growing up. And I was like, okay, I love the music. I love it. Still love it to this day. Are you telling me a story? I think there's a story. If it goes with a ballet or it goes with a play or Shakespeare's involved or whatever, maybe there's a story. But with, with a pop song, now you can tell a story in a certain amount of time. When did you realize that you could be a storyteller? Oh, that's so interesting what you just said. But didn't you find that when you listen to certain pieces of music that you would create this uh, classical music so it's definitely a story but it's told yes. in a different way it's a the great s- point it's well, a great you make talking, up your own stories that's to, to, it to, and there's something magical about that to something magical. instrumental correct that's exactly. exactly right no lyrics so when we when i write a song what a great point yeah yeah when i write a song i'm forcing you to listen to my version my story although you will still extrapolate it and make it into what you how you hear it. I know that because I've spoken to lots of people yeah. who have heard songs I've written and they're just, I love that song about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the f- are you talking about? Oh, that's not, well, that's not what it's about, but okay. Well, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, yours my, now. My, my experience of interviewing songwriters for, for a long time is that so often um, over and over again, I hear that when a songwriter writes a song that's so, about something so specific to them that they think nobody's ever going to hear it, like this specific thing, we can never release this as a single, we can never do this. So many people end up embracing it because yeah. of the specificity of the yeah. topic. And they're like, I can't believe that's what you were singing about. Um, but it touched me because this is what happened to me. Right. So this thing that they exactly. thought nobody ever else would relate to became they this do. thing that was universally adored. Yeah. However, it's still individually interpreted. Yeah. Like, for example, here's a perfect, oh my God, this is my favorite thing in the entire world, is when you have a song that sounds, for example, a perfect example would be It's Raining Again by Supertramp, which is this extraordinarily happy melody, and you're just like, ah! And then you listen to the words, and it's like, oh no, my love's at an end. It's the saddest lyric, but it's this incredible juxtaposition in these two like opposites yeah and it's which which side of it is going to catch you do you are you caught by the happy melody so you just assume the song is about a happy thing or you do you know what i mean because i have a song that i tried to do exactly that with and it's unbelievable how well it works because everybody to this day seems to think that song's a happy song and it's not it's it's called sun's gonna rise people hear that and they think Optimism. A brand new day. Yeah. The sun's going to rise again. And then, but the stupid song is like, I'm going to be doing the same dumb ass <laughs> move I've made. I, what The sun's going to rise again and I'm still going to be a dick. That's really what the song's about. <laughs> Who's it about, Sass? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the moment there is a difference between 
knowing that you can sing and getting pleasure out of that and knowing that you want to perform and going and doing that and becoming somebody that wants to tell a story. You've done all of those that's things. That's so interesting. I can't Is that, you're killing me over here because that's like, No, yes, when did you decide I to become... I wanted to tell the story. I know there story. wasn't a moment when you want... I'm going to be a songwriter tomorrow. I'm going to be a storyteller tomorrow. Like looking back with a bit of hindsight now, when do you think that you became a songwriter? I always wanted to because I had stuff to say. Yeah. And that was the reason I used my voice, which is why I would never let anyone write lyrics for me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to write that. I'm gonna, because I got to sing it. I have to sing it. I'm going to be selling it. or You know, that's a crass way of no, saying it. No, 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 I got you. It's got to come from me. I have to write Honesty. that. Honesty. I also, I was always writing lyrics and poems from like the age of 12, like nonstop, actually even younger. So, what were you writing about? Oh, just the most inane. Like flowers, dogs. Oh, God, no. No, no. <laughs> About how terrible life was and oh, how shit. hard done by I was and how... The Deeper than dogs and flowers. And death really? And, oh, yeah. A little macabre. I was a drama queen. <laughs> I don't know how you could possibly miss that. <laughs> I don't get that from I'm, you, though. I'm totally teasing. You're a peddler but of joy. No, it was all, you know, like, oh... Angst, full-on teenage angst. Yes. Amen. Oh, yeah, full-on. So I would write about all that stuff, and it was a lot of it was really lame. Well, most of it was lame. I'm, you know, I still write I don't think that's lame. I think that's real. Well, yeah. Isn't it? It's real when you're doing it. You wouldn't want to read it. You'd be like, oh, for God's sake. Okay, I get that you might not want to publish it or maybe reread it or... If it's your kid's journal, you might not want to, you know, come across it. (laughs) I get it, but it's real, and that's not lame. Nah. You no, don't, don't you shouldn't not. diminish it like that. That's honest. <laughs> right? It was shit. No. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Was there, do you, is there, I, I, I know, I, I for, forgive me for asking a, a, a bit of a rote question, but do you remember your first attempt at writing like a rock and roll no. song? You don't. Okay. No. I don't even remember the first song I wrote. I don't even, which one was, I have no, I, I don't remember anything. Okay. Keeps me young. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, keep erasing the, the Past. ram. The ram. <laughs> The random access memory. Exactly. Wipe the RAM. Exactly. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first time that you realized the power of sharing something that was so personal with an audience and them reacting to it? Songwriters have that, that's that so power, right? Like, again, that, 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 again, that's another fascinating because I see it the other way around. Okay. I see it as being the listener and having a, a song or an artist or a singer or whatever do something that made me go, oh my God, I'm not alone. Somebody else feels like this. Yeah. And that was really the, the actual motivation behind the whole thing was the feeling of like, I want to do that. I want to be able to touch someone else the way I felt, by, like Bowie or John Lennon or, you know, yeah. or Pink Floyd or whatever the hell I was listening to, which was, I mean, that's an endless list. But... That I wanted to be the perpetrator of that in someone else's. And if it was just one person, it was going to be great, but it would have been better if it was a million. And how old were you when you had that right, epiphany? Right away. Right away, huh? Like 12, 13, right from, 14? Like- no, right from the nine-year-old hearing the night they drove old Dixie down. It was just like, whoosh, everything changed. And it, But it happened for you. You manifested that. To use a, a, a term that is overused overly, by millennials know, right now. But I think... But you did. You thought about that and you made it happen. You became that person who was exactly the voice. Right. Yeah. But I think everyone 
can do that. Not everyone can do that. But I do. I think if it's really, that's what I mean when I said everything else receded into the background. It yeah. just disappeared because my focus was laser. That's what I want, and that's what I'm getting. It didn't even occur to me how. Because if it had, I'd have stopped immediately. The problem today is people know too much. I knew nothing. Yeah. Which you, worked in my favor. You mean that you didn't know that it was impossible Correct. for this to happen? Correct. I did not know. And there was no freaking YouTube. There was no old rock stars telling you what a hard road it's been. <laughs> You know, so it was like, there was nothing. There was none of that. They were all just starting out. Well, not starting out, but you know what I mean? Like, and so just, there was no, there was nothing to deflect my laser. Can we, can we dig into songwriting a little bit? 97 South Song Sessions. We embrace the art of songwriting. Celebrate songwriters. Mm. You have, obviously, in the way that you've been answering my questions, you don't seem to take your voice um, not yet. Maybe you take it. Do you take your voice for granted? I love my voice. I love your voice. It took me Everybody years loves your to voice. Lo- no, they do not. Just That's so not true. Know. It took me years to love my voice because we, you know, when you first hear, do you remember the first time you heard yourself talking on tape? Yes. You I was like a small horrified? Scottish girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I totally know what you mean. I was, it was, it was so bad. I was a small Scottish girl. Because <laughs> your voice unbroken. So oh my god! Even so when I first cute. started working in TV in the early '90s, <laughs> it's so high. I'm so up here. <laughs> now I sound like a man, right? I'll sound like I'll a man. man. Who's the big man here? <laughs> 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 oh, God. I know yeah, I love my voice, but it did take me a long, long time to like it. It did. It used to make me cringe. Did, I don't know why. I don't know why. Who knows why? When did you first sing in front of an audience? You know, just the, 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 the last time that you can remember. How, how young were you? Was it well, a school thing? You know what? Thing? I just thought of something at school, the, but I was a thing? flute player, and I was playing the flute, and we did Jethro Tull Bourree, and we, it was a three-piece. It was a drummer. You played flute in a Jethro Tull cover band? Well, it wasn't a cover band. That's it was pretty no, vital. it was a school talent show. <laughs> it was a school talent show. And I was a flute player, and I loved Jethro Tull, and I loved this song. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) And so we freaking did it. I don't know if it sucked or not, but I I remember the audience being absolutely like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. So I think that might have been, well, I already knew I wanted to do it. Okay, never done Karaoke didn't exist, whatever, no. like whatever. So what, but your, your voice, your range, oh. your access to your voice, what you can oh. do, your range, you have a, a wide range. I do. You do. I know. I know. Mathematically speaking, you have a wide. Unbelievable. And you're ta- you take it for granted. Well, everyone takes everything they have for granted, don't they? Yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> guess they do. You're thin. I'm sure you take it for granted. Ouch. <laughs> well, you're not fat. That's what I'm That's saying. right. I know. Thank you. Um, Okay, so when did you realize that you could make people feel something with your voice? It's very odd to think of yourself as having some kind of power. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, I don't see myself I, like I, that. I know that you're very humble. I, and just, I'm not, I, I realize that I, this, this entire interchange is, is a strange thing to, to ask you to self-reflect yeah, about I don't, these I, moments. Power. But, but the, the, the idea of songwriting, the idea of, of again, I, I take you back to that thing that I said about 
the, the songwriters that I've interviewed where they realize that an experience they've had that they thought was so personal that they mm-hmm. wrote about mm-hmm. became something that embraced. everybody, yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. I can't believe that became a hit. Rocks. Or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That kind of thing. So you've got that, that voice that you didn't know you had and then you discover and now you're looking back on it and you're kind of dismissive of how... I know um, what it is. Okay. okay. So it's not the voice. It's the intention behind the voice. That's what it is. Okay. And that's how I know. There you go. I know exactly that. The vo- Luckily, my voice can express the intention. It's like Tesla said, everything's energy, frequency, and vibration. And that's a fact. Yeah. There's beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I know that I can um, express extreme emotion and it's going directly into where that's coming from in me and when you access those levels in yourself it's inevitable that it's going to resonate in others who have a similar feeling so that's how i know it's the voice is it's like a it's a conduit for that but it's really the intention that makes the difference Artists over the years have wanted you to be a part of their projects as well. The biggest on the planet. You're laughing about that. You shouldn't laugh about that. No, like, I just think like, it's hilarious. Like, how did that happen? So, so tell, me, tell me about the best. Tell me about the best phone calls you got. Uh, well, Al, Alex Van Halen. Yeah. But I didn't know it was him. Because it, it's like the 90s. Nobody has cell phones. Nothing like that. <laughs> it's the 90s. I'm home. Phone rings. It's him. But he doesn't say it's him. What does he say? He says, hey. Uh, can you come up? Can you come up and sing? Uh, can you come up and sing on some songs? We get some. And I'm like, uh, who is this? Are you living in Los Angeles at the yeah, time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Coldwater Canyon. Yep. And Ventura Boulevard. Sounds... I'm just north of the boulevard. Phone rings. So, yeah. Caller ID. Caller ID. No caller ID. No caller no. ID. God no. 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 He was full on secret agent Sam also known as Alex VH. But I don't know it's Alex. But I know by the way this guy's talking that he's probably not a stalker. Yeah, He's probably, there's something about him that sounds authentic, but I don't know what it is. But I'm really annoyed because he won't tell me who he is. Okay. Anyway, I finally go, well, I'm not, I don't even know. No, goodbye. Hang up the phone. No, you did not. Ten seconds later, the phone rings as Ray Daniels, who I do know. Yeah. He goes, did Al just call you? Did you just hang up on it? Yeah. Did Al just call you? And I'm like, who's Al? Because some weird freaking dude just called me, and I have no idea who he is. I don't know who it was. And he goes, it was Al, Alex Van Halen. I'm like, shut me up. Rare. Yeah. That is a rare occasion. I was like, what do you mean Alex Van Halen? That was Alex Van Halen? What? You mean the drummer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, from from the goes, biggest yeah, rock yeah, band yeah, on the yeah, planet yeah. At, the, at the time, at the time, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They want you to come up and sing, and I'm like, excuse me. Well, it's like a five minute drive from where I live, because yeah. yeah. So okay. I went, and ballsy, ballsy move, because it was scary. I was alone, and I didn't know anybody. I you, didn't know them. You drove by yourself. Yes, I did. Give me the story. Uh, drove up to the gate, rang the thing, and and I said, this is I'm Sass. He just asked me to come up. Oh, yeah, hang on a second. Because the whole time I'm thinking, this isn't even real. Like, this isn't going to happen. What if I drive up to some 
who they won't even know who I am. Like, I'm just going to say it. Okay. Anyways, I did. And the gate opened and I drive up the, yeah, just come up the driveway and then turn to the left and just come is up. Is this to a the studio, studio or is this Alex Van Halen's house? So his house was here. Yeah. Can, okay. And yep. you go up the driveway. House is here. Yeah. Well, here. And then you went around like this and here was the studio. And again, can you give me the year? 1996. Okay. So David's not there. No, they've just fired Sammy. That, that, they've just fired Sammy. That's right. Okay. Okay. So they're, they're looking for heat. They need yeah, you. Yeah, but I don't know this. I know you don't. Okay. So you drive up I there by yourself yeah. in your car mm. going into the lion's den. I know. Alone. And, and what happened? Ballsy. Go ahead. Take me through this. Well, I, I think I don't remember. I, like, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think the first person that showed up was Al. Had they already sent you, like, sheet music, nothing, lyrics, no, nothing? Nothing, nothing, nothing. No, no. This is the same day that he called. Holy shit. No, I haven't. And also, don't forget, we're in the early, uh, mid-90s, mid-90s here, yeah. so there's no... I know. There's nothing. Social media, there's no Maybe nothing. fax. Yeah. It could have been a fax, a fax machine, but anyways. Okay, so, so that's one of the craziest. That's one of the craziest, getting a cold call from Alex Van Halen yeah. to, to come and I don't come know by. how he heard of me, though. What, what, what's, what, what ranks up there is in other stories where you just had an out-of-body experience, where you're like, I can't believe this is what's happening to me right now? I know you were on the road. You toured with people. Oh, I know. I just thought of one. Okay, so the first time I was on a stage that was in front of 30,000 people, <clears throat> or about that many, or 20,000, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter, 20, 30. Couple. Yeah, it was, in, it was in Montreal. I wasn't the, I wasn't the band. Okay. I was just backstage and happened to be on the side of the structure of the stage. It was the police. And I was standing on the side of the stage watching them play. There's the crowd. I'm watching them play. I can't believe I'm standing on a structure with the with the police, yeah. who I loved. Yeah. I freaking loved the police. Yeah. And watching them this close. And all of a sudden, I start to notice this intense energy in my body, like buzzing, like... <laughs> and I realize that it's because I'm standing on a physical structure that 20,000 people are focused on. All that energy is going to that structure. And just because I just happen to be standing on it, I'm receiving it as well. Oh. It was the most, and it lasted for like about four or five hours. It was like a high. Well, it's very psychedelic, right? It now. was intense. Yeah. And I, I, it was like, that was also the beginning of realizing that energy is a hell of a lot more than just a word. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I'm definitely doing this. So, you know, we celebrate storytellers, mm, songwriters. And you've written songs and you've been a part of the reason why so many people have been inspired to write songs. And again, I, I bring you back to the thing that I said about the personal becoming so ubiquitous and becoming so like universal. What do you love telling about yourself? Is there, is there something that drives you to need to write something down or do you prefer being the, the muse for somebody else? Do you love, like, is, is there in your life, have there been things that have happened to you that you've said, I need to write this down? No. This is good. Never? No. That's not, that's, that's not, not how what, I write at all. No. no. How do you no. write? I write, sometimes I'll, I like to write titles. 
Like somebody will say something and I go, oh, that's a, that's a great title for a song. Yeah. It's a great idea for a song. Yes. But how it works usually for me is I see, I always work with someone else. They write the music. So I write the melody and the lyric. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they write the melody. I don't know, but I, I, I'll, I'll fit the, the lyric into their melody or what have you. The music informs the story. It's the music that gives me... I see a film every time. I see a film. You visualize it. And then it's as if I get out of the way. I don't even know I'm me anymore. And it seems to just go... It's the weirdest thing. I don't know how to explain it. Like lines will come through, a line will come through, and then I'll need a, I'll need a rhyme for that line. So I'll go, you know, back, slack, hack, mac, tack, whack, jack. Yeah, you Dr. Seuss it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'll find a word that works for that as a rhyme, and then the rest of the sentence appears. It just appears. I don't know where... It, it's the most bizarre thing. And if I get stuck, yeah. I got to go take a leak. If I go take a leak, right when I'm there, downloads. It's bizarre. On the, on the throne? Yes. Yeah. God damn. T-M-I. Some of the best. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think you're alone. I, I think that's. A, it's because I, it's like you got to distract get, yourself. Like I got I to go Lots of leak. writers have gotten rid of the block. Because the thing is, is usually yes. you can't go take a because you're too busy. <laughs> yes. I'm too busy. I don't have time. I don't have time. And finally, it's like, I got to go. I got to go. I got to take a leak. I got to go. And that's when it downloads. Okay. I'm going to try and keep this together for a second. What's the most honest you've ever been in a song that you've written? The most vulnerable and honest you've ever been in a song that you've written? Words on paper. High Road Easy. Yeah. Why? Damaged. Um, oh, there's many. There's so many. Oh, there's... So you've never been worried oh to be God. vulnerable and open no. in songwriting? No. Because no. who knows if it's true or not? Nobody. She just, for those of you listening, she just winked at me. Yeah, I did. Well, there's people watching. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the, the fact of the matter is, is it doesn't really matter because nothing you feel or say yeah. is original. Ever. Don't worry about it. It, nothing you can say or do or be has ever not been done before. <laughs> However, it hasn't been done with your particular frequency. Yeah. So I will give you that. What inspires you today to write? Do, do you still get inspired to write? Or are you kind of like, my story has been told? No, God, no. no I no, know no. you love the blues. I know you love singing. Your voice is a dream, Thank by the you. way. And your voice is such a unique instrument and I, I think you wow. you've undersold it here today congratulations okay. we all we all disagree completely with how <laughs> humble you yep. are about your your voice well it's uncomfortable well good just deal with it that's what we're doing um even when you like joke around and you go a little bit up it's like oh my god that's such a great voice your voice is amazing yeah 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 um the fact that you're able to do what you do and make people feel a certain thing is a is a real gift, right? You must realize that that you're. I do. Yeah, you must realize that there's a responsibility. Well, it's all about healing. The whole thing is about. What does healing. that mean? That's what I really want to do is heal myself. I mean, this is just you know. Again, go ahead. Here we go into the cliche. It's okay. So heal myself. Any old traumas, any old yuckiness, any all of that, and 
in the doing of that, being given the opportunity and the gift to actually share that with someone else who might have felt the same way and yeah. who has the same experience, you know, all that kind of, not the same experience, but similar, resonant. So it's extremely important to me that to me, music is entirely about healing. That's what it's about. And I don't think there's any other reason for us to be in this hologram. God, I think I... I think Talk to I me. You've totally heard this agree with you. No, I think yeah. I, I think it is about it. I think every time I, I every time I sell, I work in the music business, and mm. so often the music that I'm surrounded by is music that's selected for me, that I'm selling, that I'm throwing to, that I'm doing whatever, and the music that I pick. What do you do? I work in radio, right? And so my my music playlists are selected for me, but the music that I choose to listen to when I'm away from from yeah, the work, yeah. I think is for healing. I think you're right. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. Hundred percent. Um, Songwriters, people that feel the need to um, get their feelings out in that particular uh, uh, world, that particular art form, any advice for them? Any advice for people who want to be a songwriter? Well, there was an absolute focus that that's what I want to do. But you didn't say, I want to be a songwriter. You never... I mean, I don't, unless yeah. I misunderstood what we talked oh, about. The yeah, last. I did, in the sense that I, I want to tell stories. Okay. I do want to tell stories. I want to tell stories of how I felt about something because the, the stories that other people told about how they felt affected me so deeply. Right? So I definitely wanted to tell, I still want to tell stories. I, I, I never don't want to, I mean, it's so much fun. So, but also really important, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to think about yourself. I don't think, don't start thinking about other people. There's your mistake right there. When you start to worry about what someone else is going to think or feel, you are the audience yourself. Entertain yourself, take care of yourself. And all of that will just naturally resonate in other people who have that same need or feeling. And so advice for somebody who wants to be a songwriter is be one. Yeah. Listen, I mean, what kind of songwriter do you want to be? What, what you know, there's there's so many categories that you can put that into. But wh- why do you want to be one? Tell me why. Okay, there's your reason. So follow that. There it is. Do you love your voice today? I do. Like I said, I do. I do. I, lo- I love the fact that it has given me entree to so many fabulous things. I love you, little boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Sass, have you seen the movie um, Whiplash? Did you see no. the movie Whiplash? Okay, okay, okay. It, not Bummer. A no, 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 no. But, but like... People can have music beaten into them. You know, like, okay, you're going to be a part of the band. We're, we're a musical family. We're going to do this. That wasn't, your, that wasn't your situation. You were drawn to it. And it has been your life. And it continues to be. And sitting here across from you and you joking around with your vocal tones and everything like that, it's quite, it's quite magical, honestly. <laughs> it, it's, I'm honored to be sitting here across from you and hearing you do that stuff. Um, what is... What is this is such a simplistic and ridiculous question, but what does music mean to you? I know you said healing. That it, he, you said healing. Yeah, that's it. It's healing for you. Music can be healing yeah, for you, for me, and for every. And that's what I use as a healing tool. Yeah, 
and it's it can it can be community, yeah, connection, conversation. Crazily enough, but music is conversation, it but sure it's is. in a you know melodic way, different language. So yeah, uh, it's it, and it's it's not my whole life, but it's a huge part of my life. No, I yeah. know. Well, you've you've done so many different things. Uh, do you still love singing? I do. Yeah, I love. I just love playing with other people when other when it's a, a magical moment just something hits that just collaboration. magical yeah when the band is just like oh god yes yeah, the greatest okay so i love jazz i love the blues me too you're doing that right now that is that is that your focus right now it, it has been but it, i'm going back into the rock and roll right now because i just put out a new old record yeah it's a live uh, concert from 1994 with You're Taylor pretty, Hawkins. Pretty good drummer. Who's, uh, yeah, he's not with us anymore. R.I.P. So it's a celebration of him. Really quickly, I had a chance to hang with Taylor uh, in in Hamilton at the Junos when he was playing with Alanis Morissette, pre-Foo Fighters. So this is maybe it's right after before. Yeah. It's after you. Well, yeah. Right? Yes. Because you, then Alanis, then Foo Fighters. He's a wonderful human being. Yeah, love him. So he played drums on a live at a live event with you in 1994. But he, I discovered him. He was no, no, he'd never played with a band before, and he, I needed a band. Yeah. To tour, Rats in 1994, and we were going to Europe, and we needed a drummer. We needed, uh, we had the bass player, we had the two guitar players, and we needed a drummer, and. He was in Laguna Beach. He'd never played in a professional band before. And we got him to come up because we heard about him. That's what happened is we, we heard about him. Bit of word on the street about this drummer, right? Well, it was actually the mas Stevie's massage person. <laughs> he said, oh, I know this kid. He's in Laguna Beach. He's really good. You should try him out. And we were like, oh, my God, Laguna Beach? Yeah. We're in L.A. What Anyways... The, the guy was insistent, and we couldn't find anybody we liked. So finally, we said, oh, just let's tell him to come up. And he walked in, and we were just, like, instantly in yep. love because he was such a wonderful, extraordinary light. He already had all the charisma, all the joy, all the, all the love. Yeah, he was already there. He was 22 years old. He'd never done it before, and he was so thrilled to be in a band that was touring. He'd never experienced it before. And it was on the last show of that tour, was in L.A. at the Pantages Theater, and then I was going to take a break. And uh, my manager at the time, her friend, Scott, was managing this girl from Canada, and they were just about... She was just about to release her new record, and they were about, they needed to go Jagged out on the road, yada, 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 yeah. yada. And yeah. so uh, they came, she came to the show. I didn't even know, I never saw her. I didn't even see her. But they came to the show, and they asked if they could uh, hire Nikki, the guitar player, and Taylor, the drummer. And of course, I said, yes, of course. You're not going to stand in the way, of course. Well, yeah. no, I, I, well, I wouldn't, I didn't mean anything to me. It was, I know. it was just like they needed a job and I was done. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to be doing anything for a while. And I said, for sure, you guys go. And five months later, biggest band in the world. Incredible. Yeah. It happens and to me a lot. My, my well, <laughs> I am definitely the rock discoverer. Yes, oh, I did. Yeah. You I discovered like, rock and roll. Well, I think we well, established that. The drummer that. that was with me ended up with Celine Dion. 
back in the early 90s, drummer and the keyboard player, that were, they ended up being in Celine Dion's band. Taylor ended up in Alanis Morissette and the Foo Fighters. Yep. <laughs> I'm the person that finds all these players. Yeah, I just I, I think every single person that uh, has ever discovered you has not wanted to add you to whatever they were doing to make it better, and you've done that. And that's... <laughs> Uh, and you well, continue. Yeah. You continue to do that. Um, thank you for this. You are so welcome. It was thank a blast. You. Thanks for listening. This has been Storytellers. Join us this summer on the shores of Lake Okanagan, beautiful Penticton, British Columbia, with Triumphs Rick Emmett, Nashville hitmakers Jamie O'Neill, Lee Thomas Miller, Wendell Mobley, 97 South Song Sessions veteran Tim Nichols, and the one and only Paul Brandt. For an experience you'll remember always. The 97 South Song Sessions Songwriters Festival is happening this July, the 20th to the 22nd, in Penticton, British Columbia's incomparable wine country. An intimate, bluebird-style music performance that features songwriters in the round, playing their hits and relating stories of a life in music. Tickets and information at 97southsongsessions.com. Download the free Stingray Music mobile app and listen to the 97 South Song Sessions channel today. Stingray Music. Life's on you. Music's on us.